Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor Joaquin G. Molina invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Everything but what God has in his desire for us. Uh, Father, we pray for your word tonight and allow your word to be a lamp unto super of of being half asleep, O oh God, concerning your voice and your desire for our lives and the legacy that you have purchased for us in Christ, O oh God. We pray, O oh God, that your word would be powerful and a living two-edged uh, sword, Father God, piercing the depth of our being so that we would arise and shine and prepare ourselves to take the responsibility of the days to come, oh God. We pray in Jesus' name that you'd just do far more than we could expect tonight, oh God, and awaken our understanding and the eyes of our understanding be enlightened, oh God, that we might receive um, a special anointed call, Father God, to make a difference in our generation, Father God. We pray, Father God, that you would vest us with the full uh, weapons of uh, and instrumentalities to fulfill that which you have called us to in this day, O oh God, that we might understand our election, that we might understand our calling, O oh God, and that we might be faithful to finish that which you have begun, that we might be faithful to pursue the high call in Christ Jesus, O oh God. Bless this word and cause it to prosper in the hearts of your people tonight, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I want to, um, one, of the, one of the parables in the scriptures in uh, Matthew chapter 25 always seems to be an issue for me. Uh, all these years, uh, we see in verse 1, I believe, let's, let's get there, Matthew 25, verse 1, and we see here the parable of the ten virgins, and uh, it says, the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Um, now five of them were wise and five were foolish. We, we need to understand already what wisdom is and what foolishness is. And foolishness is to walk far from the heart of God without understanding. I, I want to challenge you tonight that foolishness is the, the hallmark of a character that God desires us not to have. Um, at one end of the foolishness, we can say immaturity. That's the, so we get, don't get very... Um, uh, accusatorial or critical I just want to challenge you that if you're walking in immaturity you're acting foolish and that's that's usually what we see in the life of a young person that is not living the way God has called them to um, thinking the wrong things speaking the wrong things doing the wrong things that is not to be our expression our expression is to be full of wisdom and the opposite expression of selfishness, uh, immaturity, is, is love. The, the perfect character of love is looking out for others and not ourselves. That's the wisdom of God. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So there were five virgins that were foolish and five were wise. Verse 3, they were... Um, 
they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. I, I always had issue with oil in this regard. I don't, if, if we are to have oil, I would ask the Lord to reveal unto us where to get it and what it is. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. I gather that, that part of wisdom is having your lamp full of oil. And part of foolishness is having a lamp with no oil. There's no expression of a manifestation of light. Because that's what oil brings. You're able to lighten and express and manifest. While the bridegroom tarried, they all fell asleep. They all slumbered. Um, part of the activity of falling asleep is no visible manifestation of an expression that you're awake. You guys know they took some good shots of the men sleeping on the bus over there. They look like they're dead. And, and that's what a Christian is that has fallen asleep. There is no manifest expression of life. There is no manifestation of moving in the expression of the living word. Um, you know, you don't speak, uh, hopefully you don't speak when you're asleep. Um, you definitely don't speak with, with understanding. You, don't, you utter words that you don't mean. Um, my little brother used to sit around me to listen to me, to see if I would say anything that, that would uh, give him clarity of the secrets of my life. But listen to me. Um, we're to be awake. Tell your neighbor, hey, wake up already. And, and part of waking up is what you're saying. What, what is the expression of the words coming out of your mouth? Um, are you sleepwalking? You're here, but you're not here. I haven't heard praise the Lord yet. We're in the temple of the Lord. Those who stand by night in the house of the Lord, worshiping his name, glorifying his works, seeing the works of God in our lives. I, listen to me. To see a man raised from the dead is motive for joy tonight. I love to see a cardiologist pray for his patient. That guy's alive and well. He's hearing the voice of God. And he's walking in the spirit of manifest life and healing. And that should be us in every expression. So here while the bridegroom delayed and postponed, the Bible says delay makes the heart grow weary. We're all bummer. I can't believe. Uh, we was expecting the Lord to come last year, 2012. He didn't. Um, now we're here. Let's, let's just get comfortable and convenient. No. Refuse. One second of my time to be wasted in foolishness. They invited us when we were up there in Salt Lake City. They said, uh, why don't you stay for two days and go snow skiing? Guys, I would love to in the flesh. I don't have time. Amen. Don't have time to spend two days having a great time in some <laughs> snow. And I, I refuse to cater to my flesh, to the things that are pulling me away from God. I want to be filled with the Spirit of God. I want to hear Him in my dreams. And when I wake up in the morning, uh, even this morning as I, we return from a glorious trip of Salt Lake City, I don't have time to talk about Salt Lake City because this morning I had intimacy with God. I was, I was there listening to His voice. And so it's a moment by moment. Some of you, your last testimony was in December. You got a raise. You got a bonus. Um, listen to me. You should be excited about what God is doing today. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad today. I'm going to move in what God's provision 
I'm like the manna that falls from heaven. I'm not waiting for tomorrow. I'm not gathering for what happened yesterday. This morning, the Lord spoke to me real good. Um, I don't know even the depth of it, but I'll, I'll share a little bit for you. As God is, is cultivating, how many know he's the vineyard? He dresses the vineyard. He's, a, he's cultivating. He's a farmer. Uh, we're made in his image and likeness. He put man in a garden to cultivate it. Not to be dead. And the Lord says, be careful because there are some people that with their nostrils, they're like boars. They're uprooting what you're working in the garden. Isn't that strong? That you're cultivating a field and there's some people that instead of allowing the work, they're, they're uprooting. The Bible says, I, I, I got this morning on, on the Bible and, and Psalm 80 verse 13 is a little description of this scenario of people that aren't interested in growing and cultivating. The boars out of the wood, they do waste the wild beasts of the field. They devour the garden of the Lord. I'm like, man, I'm going boar hunting. Forget about Doug Giles and going boar hunting in the Everglades. I'm going boar hunting right here. Who is uprooting the vision of God? Who is uprooting the, the call of God to change the world? Isn't that intense? It's powerful. And we're not to sit there and, and to devour the vineyard of the Lord, uh, causing the seed to stay on a superficial level, a carnal, earthly, a fleshly uh, without understanding the hand of God. And so this is the same thing as those virgins. They're asleep. They're there slumbering. And then in verse 6 it says, Matthew 25, 6, it says, At the midnight hour there was a cry that was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Go out to meet him. Go out to, to embrace the one who promised to return. Uh, now, for, for some, they, they're not excited about him coming. Uh, for they, they will, the Bible says the mockers postpone this reality. Oh, they've been saying that forever. They're just, they're just postponing the, the promise of God as if God were slack or in his ability to fulfill his promise. So when this voice comes out and um, behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him was the invitation. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Time to get ready and make this thing shine. Time to get ready. Time to prepare. Time to rush in the direction of wisdom. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. We don't even know what to do in this occasion. Give us some of, of the light. Uh, give us some of the, the insight. Give us some of what we need to conform to the image. Listen, this would be the same thing as Esther trying to, she's preparing to go before the king. And some people are like, hey, could you give me some last minute beauty tips? Could you give me some last minute so I can conform to this thing that he's coming after? And he's coming after a passionate, obedient, submissive, and honorable wife. This is what he's coming after. The Lord did not promise to come back uh, for Cinderella's three sisters. For people out of order. For people who have no honor, no obedience, no submission in their life. And, and all I can tell you is that the Bible says that a strong rebuke, like, whoop, whoop, come, come on, come on, start beating. Get, get, that, get that heart, boom. 
Like they did with this patient who's dead, who's indifferent, doesn't even know he's dead. He's in a dark room. And the Bible says a strong rebuke will make somebody come back to life. And we don't have many people around us that, that have a strong rebuke for our lives and our walk in the Lord. And we're not going to come back to life as people saying, go to sleep, go to sleep. You know, everything's okay. Everything is not okay, my friend, until you conform to the image of the Son. He's coming back for a bride who's spotless and glorious. He's coming back for somebody who really lines up with his desire. So what were these fools asking for in the midst of a deadline? What are they asking for? I think they're asking for the same cry the prodigal son had. Make me like one of your servants. Let me conform to the image of one who will count the cost to love Christ in all things. Teach me what I need to know. Speak to me what I haven't heard. The Bible says in the last days, people will, will start mounting up teachers to let them hear what they want to hear. Everything's okay. There's no problem. You don't have to do anything. Christ did it all. There's nothing. There's no, don't hurry. There's no worry. Well, my Bible says in Psalm 141.5, let the righteous beat the heck out of you. That's what it says. What, what does it mean, let the righteous smite me? Let them shake you out of your misery, of your indifference, of your deadness, of your sleep. It shall be kindness that he would direct. Uh, as I was talking to a young man in Salt Lake City, I said, don't you understand that every time your parents turn to you, in fact, I'm going to tell you right now, I just come to Miami, and the very fact that I would turn to you to correct anything in your life is your blessing. Amen. I don't have to talk to a fool. He's 21 years old and says, I don't believe God exists. He's grown up his whole life in a Christian home. He said, do you understand that me talking to you for five minutes is not worth my time? I don't have to. But this is the love of God. I said, you don't believe in God. Do you believe in the devil? He says, no, I don't believe in him either. I said, well, you're, you're becoming just like him. You're walking in the same arrogance and pride and disobedience. How could you say God doesn't exist? Your very existence. If you say God doesn't exist, then you shouldn't even be alive. Because the only reason you're alive is because there's a creator who created you. And he has purpose. How are you going to sit there? Somebody needs to smite. I don't know the word smite, my friend. I don't know what it means. But it would be kindness upon your life. To wake you up out of your foolishness. Let him, let him his permission. Allow him to shake you up. Allow him to speak words of wisdom upon you. Let him reprove you. This is, this is only after a man after God's own heart. This is King David. He said, Lord, if you are faithful to, to assault me, if you are faithful to rebuke me, it will be like excellent oil. My lamp will be filled with that which glorifies God. This will not break my head, for my prayer also shall be in this 
uh, upside downness uh, in order to avoid the calamities of, of just going forward in the wrong direction. It's going to be a nightmare. And, and yet we have too many uh, who are disconnected with wisdom. Again, I, I want to pursue uh, the full expression of God. I want to say that the full expression for us, and I know, you know, one of the things about this church is that the leadership has been walking for 30 years, taking God super serious. 30 years. We're not to measure things like Richard said, we're to play the little kids in, in, in La La Land. We're not to follow and change the rules because there's a lot of kids running around. We're supposed to bring kids to maturity. This was Ed Cole was saying as, as he had his nine-year-old grandson. And he says, I took him on a trip to one of my events. And at night in the hotel, we were praying. And, and Ed Cole, 69 years old, and he was saying, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray thee, Lord, my soul to keep. When I wake, I hope. I, all this little lullaby. And then his grandson looked at him. He's nine years old. He says, you done, grand, grandfather? He says, yeah, I'm done. He goes, now it's my turn. He says, Father, in the name of Jesus, all those men that will come tomorrow, I claim them for the kingdom of God. Set your angels around them, O oh God. And he says, I was praying the lullaby prayer, and my grandson was fighting spiritual warfare. We're not to have an immature, foolish church. We're not to have an indifferent. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.14, no longer being children. No longer. We need to hit the bullseye. Our children must hit the bullseye. Our children. As we were seeing um, this past week, Nicholas go up to his competitions in Jacksonville. And Morris, I'm so proud of you, my friend. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for filling yourself with the Spirit of God and standing up in this generation. Thank you for being an arrow. An arrow in the hand of God. There's no more foolishness. There's wisdom for God. And I said, Nick, what are you going to share this year? He says, Dad, I'm going to share on the good life. I'm like, the good life, what's that mean? I mean, I used to listen to the Beach Boys all the time. We're filling up a good vibration, the good life. Light up a joint and smoke marijuana. And I'm like, Nick, what's the good life? I haven't heard that. He says, the way we live. The way we live with God's peace. With his goodness in our lives. That's what I'm going to go speak about. 17, 18 years old. Knowing that it's a gift of God that mom and dad are home and not divorced. Amen. Knowing that this is the goodness of God. And yet so many Christians are so aloof to be able to cherish. Listen to me. I refuse to believe it's wickedness. I, I think the devil is wicked. I think Christians are immature and foolish. So I was uh, raising up Nicholas as a young boy, and obviously he's 18 now. But when he was two years old, he was crawling around the bed, and he went and he grabbed something. He was eating on something. When I went around, it was a cockroach. 
And I said, you're not supposed to eat cockroach. There's no nourishment value there. <laughs> he didn't understand what I was telling him. He's a baby. And Christians that are into pornography are chewing on cockroaches. And Christians that go around doing stupid things and dishonoring their pastor and their church and their families are chewing on cockroaches. We went canoeing. We went in the backyard, and Nick was like three years old. He was a little bit older. So my beeper, this thing we used to use, <laughs> they used to put calls into my life, and it fell. And I said, Nick, grab onto the beeper because this is dad's connection to his clients and to his phone calls. Hang on to this. I turned around, and I kept on rowing, and I heard plop. <laughs> he threw that beeper as far as he could. He had no ability to know the precious from the vile. Part of walking in wisdom is discernment. Knowing. How are we going to sit there and give the lack of responsibility to people who know or should know or would know? If we took the time out to draw a line, my friend, and listen to me. Once a person that doesn't have the line, and I understand they could be over here or they could be over here. But once a line is drawn... And this is called holy unto the Lord. And this is called an abomination to God. If they choose to walk contrary to the instruction of the Lord, they have to have consequences for their decisions. I was in Salt Lake City and I told one of the ministers over there, you're not going to walk into a church to trample on the younger people. Those of us that have been around longer must show forth an example. An example of all things. If you don't get it, 1 Timothy 4.12, Paul writes to Timothy and he's writing to him these things. That they might be able to hold out an example to believers in all things. It's really important. 1 Timothy 4.12, let no one despise your youth in the things of God, be an example, be a witness, be a manifest present to believers in your words, in your conversation, in your service, your charity, your love, your keeping the commandments, in the spirit. Listen, we need to revisit this scenario. We need to revisit what is the expression of those that will lead. Your life might shine forth the manifest example of God in all things. And, and we do not, and we do not pursue these things. We, we, need to, we need to crucify the flesh. As I see, as I see Paul, and, and he's, He's, in Colossians 1.28, he says, we are proclaiming. That, that what we're, we're, we're doing is we're raising up God. We're, we're, we're using... Some, some pastor this morning heard me on our radio program yesterday. He says, brother, you're, you're walking like John the Baptist. He said, you, you are intense. I said, no, that was the conference. What, what are you doing? Listen to me. Do you guys understand the time we're living in? I would love to see. And, and, and then the pastor next to him this morning says, you know what they do to John the Baptist? 
You can't be too loud because they cut your head off. Listen to me. We're called for this generation to make a difference. We're called to proclaim. And look what it says in Colossians 1.28. Not only are we preaching, but we're warning every man. Listen to me. If there's no warning, we don't love nobody. If there's no warning, you don't love me. Why? Because I'm warning. I'm warning that it's time to mature. It's time to take God serious and faithful. Teaching every man to embrace all wisdom. What is wisdom? Die to yourself, the expression of love, so that you might be presented, that, that we may present every man, same standard, every person has the same call, that they would be mature in Christ. Another word in the Bible for mature is perfect. And, and listen to me. This is our high call. That we would be an example of perfection in our speech, in our words, in our actions, in our spirit, in our faith, in every realm. Maturity. You know what that's called? Perfect love. Perfect love. The expression of the perfection in Christ, and it's not the sloppy, wet kiss love that, that so many people want. If I do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, and I don't have any expectations and I don't have any standards, then I feel you love me. My friend, I would never love you like that. I would never, never, never love you like that. Because everyone whom God loves, he disciplines. Everyone whom God loves, he corrects. Everyone whom God loves, he calls them back to the model to be an example. And so Paul is calling us to this. And so let's go back to Matthew 25. And, and there Jesus is saying that some were asking the, the wise, the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Give us some of your instruction. For our lamps are going out. But the wise answered no. Lest there should not be enough for us. We're not going to be distracted. It's not going to be enough for us to take time out to cater to your distraction. I, I want to give an example to this. Um, a man went to war. He's going to boot camp. And at boot camp, um, he's being intense because he's trying to instruct himself in de deactivating landmines. And there's one guy that would always get there late. There was always one guy who got there left early. There was a guy that never paid attention. There was a guy that never did his homework. There was a guy that was so disconnected, so aloof, talking about a thousand things, but what he was there for. So he came to the final exam. And there he was, and, and the man who was attentive to do the right thing, the fool came and says, let me help you on this. And he said, my friend... I want you as far away from me as possible so that when you go kaboom, I'm nowhere near. And so he sent him over by a tree. He says, look, see over there, about 25 yards, go over there, and you could do that one. I'm going to do this one. And he sent him over there, and only minutes away, and this story was told to me by that man, only several minutes away, and the blast was so strong that, that all the body fluids came in this direction. The, the, he felt the, the vibrations of that explosion. And let me just tell you something. I've told people a thousand times, we need to all be careful to make sure that we're all taking care of each other. 
The Lord is not concerned with eliminating. And we see this in the book of Judges when Gideon goes out with 33,000. And God says, no, my friend, you're not going with the whole crowd. There's only 300 here that are serious. There's only 300 out of 33,000 that I will allow to come with me in this battle. So that's why the virgins were saying, listen, there's not going to be enough time for us to put up with your foolishness. There's not going to be enough time for us to put up with your lack of, I don't know if the word is diligence, attention, uh, respect, honor. I don't know what it is. I know that, that for many people, they've lost it. They've lost it. The capacity to take God serious. And so they said, well, there won't be enough for us. Our lamps are going to go out. If you get around somebody who's foolish, you'll become destroyed. The Bible says it. Proverbs 13.20 says, the wise man who hangs out with the wise will become wiser. But the company of fools, listen to me, you begin to take on the same mentality, the same indifference, the same disconnect unto destruction. The fools will be destroyed. That's, that's their lot. And then we saw that in, in Lot's wife. We've seen that constantly. There's not going to be enough for us, for our lamps are going to go out. But the wise answered, saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us but, and, and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Pay the price for the correction that's coming upon your life. Listen, I don't know you, but I know what it is to feel like a Catholic member. And to be sitting on a pew, indifferently disconnected with the move of God. I said, Lord, do not allow me to return to a lifeless form of worship. Do not allow me to hear the, the Spirit of God and not get chills from head to toe and not to cry in your presence and not to be broken for the things that you desire. Don't let that happen. God has a special grace in this house. And this grace is to change the world. And wherever we go, to say and to live and to do what God has called us to do is turning things around. Turning things around at huge levels and degrees. Powerful, the grace of God in this place. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, that we might understand the times, that we might understand the effects of the generation we're presently living in. Know the love of Christ. That we might obtain knowledge and be filled with the presence of God. I want to, I want to show you this verse real quickly. That we would understand the times we're living in. He says, for us to know how we ought to walk in this season. That we know how we ought to mature and come to this full expression of stature, measure, and fullness of Christ. God is desiring for our children to do greater works than us. I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what is going on with with 
people that, that feel that it's okay to be without oil. People that want to live without an expression of correction in their life. People that are not going to the next level. Go and buy. Pay the price. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready, prepared, mature, living as God would have them live, went in with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came. Listen to me. I have no doubt there's, there's going to be an awakening. I was, I was discussing that all week long. Listen to me. Uh, this, this son in, in Salt Lake City, his father's like, we're waiting for our son to wake up. I, I said, you should, you should hear the testimony of Jimmy Hughes, who had a 19-year-old son, whose face was stuck on stupid. Like, why do I have to be a Christian, man? Why do I have to serve God? And, and it's so rebellious, so indifferent, until one day, God in his goodness allowed a real bad car wreck with a three-month coma. And it erased all his weird thoughts of rebellion. He came against his hard drive and just wiped him out. That man woke up out of his coma with the peace of God on his face. Say, Dad, I love you and I love ministry. I want to, I feel a call of God upon my life to obey and to be obedient and to honor you in all your ways. And his face is just totally transformed. I, I don't think we want that. I don't think we, we're waiting for that. But I know that God is faithful to return those who are walking in foolishness. Afterwards, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, surely I say to you, there's no intimacy with you and I. I do not know you. And then the admonition of the Lord, watch. For you know not neither when the day or the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. I'm asking God for taking us up to the new level. I'm asking God to entrust us with what nobody wants to carry. A senator, a senator in Ohio said, I want to change my position on same-sex marriage for my son is 24 and I would like him to have an enjoyable marriage as I have had with my wife in his lifetime. These are the leaders of our country, men that profess to be Christians, and they're opening up the floodgates of compromise. And there needs to be a people that stand up for the righteousness of God. I was talking with a friend last night. I said, well, the problem is that his, his mom has been a witch his whole life, and he respects his mom, and he considers that just a little cultural tradition. I said, listen to me. We better got, get filled with the righteousness and the spirit of God to say things the way God would say them. This man was raised his whole life under a witch, and he still has not told his children that where God pulled them from. The kids are indifferent. We don't know. Dad was always a good dad. Mom was always a good man. Um, a mom. Uh, 
we better be able to describe to our children where God has called us from and what he's calling us unto. Let's stand tonight. And I just pray that, that God would find us faithful in what he is depositing upon us, where he wants to take us. Uh, listen to me. It's necessary that we be faithful. And faithful comes from mature men. Maturity. Um, the tantrum thrown by Aaron and his children that caused fire to come down from heaven and to consume his children. And Aaron started saying, Lord, you're not fair. He says, listen, I'm to be honored and respected. High honor. I'm not, I'm not to be lightly uh, catered to and entertained. I'm, you need to walk at the high level of my call in your life. And your children, and that's what God told him, your children were just making fun. They were making fun of that process. Um, I think it's an honor to have had the men go to Jordan Ranch. Um, I couldn't forego, and I know what happened in, in many regards, with regards to uh, many other churches that were there that haven't been given what we've been given. And so we were able to be a, a presence of blessing and transformation and and. The pulpit is a place to be an example. A, pu a pulpit is not the place to express your immaturity and foolishness. And so uh, we were able to minister there. But I thank God that, that there was uh, a moment of, of being able to be in the presence of really powerful men of God like Jack Keane and G.F. Watkins and General Boydkin so that our sons might take those instruments and become mighty men of God. There, there is a, a move of young men in America that don't have fathers. They do not have spiritual fathers. The Bible says that what God has given us to mature is the spirit of God that allows you to be corrected, allows you to conform to wisdom. And people are going to be able to appreciate what you're walking in way before you're able to exchange a word. Way before you exchange a word. I remember when this church started, I used to come to church with jeans and dockers and come up here and be comfortable. And we went off to, to Ohio and a pastor told, them, told me, bring, bring honor to your office. I said, I don't understand what honor means. He says, listen, you're to come before the pulpit of God in a manner that expresses high honor and respect. And I knew what the Lord was talking to me about. And if we don't start moving in that direction, we cannot expect our children to do the same. We cannot expect a generation to honor God and to be mature and responsible. Father, I thank you tonight for your goodness in this place. I thank you tonight that we somehow have heard your heart, felt your spirit, appreciate the ministry of your grace, and that we not insult the spirit of grace, the goodness of the Lord, to become immature and foolish, to become indifferent and disrespectful. 
For if the foundations are destroyed, what may a righteous man do? There cannot be an enduring house without a foundation. There cannot be an inheritance to unfaithful men. There cannot be a legacy, a story of your goodness told without us honoring your name. We pray tonight, O oh God, that with all our getting, we get wisdom. With all the expression of our might, we pursue you passionately, relentlessly, diligently, O oh God. And Father, get the boars out of the house, O oh God. Get the boars out of the house. Those that do not expect a harvest. Those that do not work the fields. Because you said that those who go out with tears sowing the good seed will return rejoicing. They will be like those who dream, O oh God. We'll give you thanks for what you're doing in this place, O oh God. We'll give you thanks for a remnant that remain, that desire, Father God, that you continue to correct, that you continue to instruct, that you continue to discipline until we're perfected into that image of your only Son, Christ. In our thoughts, in our words, in our actions, O oh God. Allow your hand to mold us as a vessel of honor to be used unto the nations. And we give you thanks for these fiery trials that have come upon us, O oh God. Like what purifies gold, O oh God. We not think it strange of the difficulties that have surpassed us and overcome us, O oh God. Overwhelmed us. One thing we do, we, we move forward in the direction of your goodness. We move forward in the direction of your spirit and your high call in Christ Jesus for the last days, O oh God. Take away the spirit of mockery from our hearts, O oh God. Take away the indifference of those who are correcting us, O oh God, so that we might grow to another level of responsibility. And that we might be worthy putting our hands on the plow, not looking back, O oh God, until we see the harvest of your goodness, O oh God. We worship you and give you thanks tonight in the house of God and the people of God say amen.